Hey there, it's Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. All right, all right. What's up, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you um, October 21st, about to be midnight on a Monday night. Um, yeah, Yanks lose. This is episode 36 of BD4. Um, the Yankees couldn't get it done. Um, for a 10th consecutive season, they will walk home with with uh, with a with an L next to their name, right? So 103 wins, 306 home runs. You know, the story of you know the next man up, the savages. All of that means zilch. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because uh, the Yankees once again couldn't get it done. Took me a few days to get this podcast up and going but here I am you know um, I'm still feeling the effects I can't say I feel that much better but you know I'm gonna have to do something eventually and so this is going to be your you know this is gonna be your final recap on the Yankees until the offseason obviously but it's going to be your final recap in terms of being mostly Yankees being only Yankees from here on out it'll be Knicks and mainly Knicks but, you know, I'll sprinkle in some off-season talk here as well, of course. But, yeah, this is definitely the final recap. Um, I mean, do we really need to go over games one through six? Do we? Um, I mean, all I, I honestly, I can't even remember. Like, all, all I'm thinking about right now is just that one pitch, right? Uh, really just that inning, to be honest. I'm just thinking of the high and then the low. And that's why it sucked, guys. That's why it sucked, right? It was such a special moment for me and my family and my friends because we were all watching the game together um, outside Saturday night. We had a little party, and we were watching the game outside, you know, and me and my cousin are going at it. My cousin's a positive fan. He's up and, you know, a jumpy, one of them happy, happy, happy fans. Um, uh, you know me, I'm more of a realist slash pessimistic at times, and um He's going, okay, this is it. This is our inning. This is our inning. I'm going, well, you've been saying that the entire game. It's not going to be our inning. We're going to lose. <laughs> so we're two completely different, um, you know, perspectives. You're getting you're getting it from two completely different types of fans. But um, we were talking and talking and talking. But then that ninth inning came, DJ hit the home run, and we just all forgot about the arguments. We forgot about disagreeing on who's going to do what. And we were just rejoicing. Man. We jumped up and down. I threw my friggin' sandals off. I ran in the street. I was jumping on top of one of the cars in my driveway. I was just going nuts. My friend next to me was laughing. I gave him a hug. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment just just to hit that home run to tie the game up after being down 4-2. to two, DJ LeMay, who hits the oppo taco home run to bring in Urshela and himself to make it 4-4. to four. And just like that, the Yankees are possibly going to a Game 7, right? If they can only tack on one more and shut the Astros down. But obviously that wasn't the story, right? After the home run, they don't get the fifth run. They they, they go down 
and they go to the bottom of the ninth. And Aroldis Chapman gets an out, uh, lets a runner on. He might have let let two. Yeah, he let two runners on base. Altuve. He gives Altuve a slider. You know, some people didn't want him facing Altuve. Some people wanted him to walk Altuve because the guy on deck was not a very good hitter. But you know what? That's over with. He faced Altuve. He gave him a slider, and his slider's not his best pitch. It's good, it's improved, but it's not his best pitch. Obviously, the Chapman 100-mile-an-hour fastball is his best pitch, but he did not throw that. He hung his slider, and, you know, the rest is history, we could say. It, it was... Oh, man. It sucks, man. You're so close again, and you just... Fuck. But... Yeah, that that was that, guys. And, you know, I'm not going to recap anything else. That was that, right? I'm going to talk about a whole lot of things, but there's no point in summarizing everything once again because I'm just so lost. I'm out of it right now, man. And I, I, I'm i trying so hard to move on just to, to the Knicks. I know it sounds stupid, but I just need something. And the, the annoying part, we're going to have to sit through an entire offseason we're going to have to sit through an entire pitchers and catchers spring training. We're going to have to sit through an entire 162 regular game season once again just to get back to where we were. And we're at this point, right, where we're 0 for 3 year by year by year. Now we're 0 for 3 with this new, you know, dynasty squad, quote unquote. So this next upcoming season is not going to mean anything to me. I'm going to be sitting here during the regular season in 2020. And honestly, I'm not going to be that... I'm like It's going to be hard for me to get up and down, to get excited. To get excited. I, I, because all I'm going to be thinking about is it It means zero until the postseason. Because we won 103 games with all the injuries this year. It seemed like it was their year, right? So what could you possibly do to top that in 2020 to make me feel like, okay, well, you know what? This is going to be an enjoyable year. I can't. I'm just going to have to wait until the regular season ends no matter how many games they win and just see what happens in the postseason. It's going to be it's going to feel like a drag, a hell of a drag. So it just sucks. It's like the Dodgers, we're the new Dodgers, man. Except at least they made it to the World Series a couple times this decade. We're over 10. Fucking shit. It was tough watching the series though, man. It felt like at times, especially the later games of the series the Yankees weren't playing with any pride there was no effort level there they seemed a little lifeless at times maybe it was just me but like I saw Didi Gregorius half-assing the ball to first base he looked lifeless at the plate swinging at first pitches and why were you swinging at these these first pitch um you know these first pitches and, and rallies where we need you to work to count Gregorius is jogging the first too uh Gleber Torres half-assing it in the field Aaron Boone, you know, he had the whole savage thing in the regular season where he got in the ump's face. Where was that in the playoffs, man? There were times where this this team needed somebody to light, you know, to light them on fire. Aaron Boone didn't do that. I know his whole thing is being stoic and calm, but sometimes you got to be that guy like he was in, the, in that savage moment. Where was he? Where was savage Aaron Boone? He didn't show up. He didn't light his team on fire or anything. He didn't give them any spark. The Yankees look lifeless at home field. Home field advantage, my ass. You know, I spent the entire month of September talking about home field advantage. Well, it turns out they didn't even produce at home. They didn't even put on a good product. Put out a good product out there. They lost two, two home games. And you know what? Call me bitching. 
You know, call me a little bitch. Tell me I'm bitching. But you know what? Fuck, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want a World Series victory. I'm not spoiled. That's another thing. Don't call me spoiled because I want a World Series victory. You know, we live in two different worlds. Where, like, there are the high standards and then there are the loser mentalities. You know? The Yankees, the Yankees fans have a, have a winning mentality. The New York Yankees are looked at... As, as, a, as an iconic franchise, a 27-time World Series champion franchise, where where they have they have high standards, they're expected to not only make the playoffs but to win the playoffs every year. So don't call me a spoiled little brat, whatever. I have, what am I spoiled for? What have I witnessed? What have I seen? I'm 24 years old, which means I I can remember maybe one World Series, the one in 2009. <laughs> Seriously, what the fuck? If this was 19. You know, if this was 2000 and I've been and I'm bitching and moaning, sure, call me spoiled because they won what four in a row, three in a row. Then, yeah, of course. But folks, I've witnessed one World Series that I can remember in my 24 years of living, right? Come on, spoil my ass. People are talking about oh, uh, non-contenders would love to lose in the ALCS. No shit, because you're a loser. It's about winning it all. Once you accept the fact that you're a loser. Realize that once you get to that winning point, you still need to do more. It's not about being good or being good enough. It's about being the best. And the Yankees weren't the best for a 10th year in a row. So don't give me that shit. I'm sorry. It's not being spoiled. It's just knowing what winning is. It's all about winning in the end. And you know what? If I'm going to be called spoiled, I'd rather be that than the opposite. Honestly. This freaking generation knows nothing when it comes to winning. But, hey, this series, man, what went wrong? What went wrong? Lots of things went wrong. Pitching, hitting, defense eventually. You can pinpoint a lot of guys, right? Um, Listen, Aaron Judge, I get it. He got on base a ton. He played some spectacular, and I mean spectacular, defense. If you didn't watch Aaron Judge this postseason, you were missing out. Because he showed why he's a a gold glove caliber right fielder out there. So many clutch plays, so many clean, crisp plays he made look so easy that were hard to make. Okay, he looked great. But there were some issues. The strikeouts came. And those strikeouts, some of them came in big moments. You know, how many how many big hits did Aaron Judge have this postseason? You know, how many extra how many times did you see Aaron Judge produce a big game changing hit? None, right? You didn't see many of that. It really didn't seem like he was doing... It was the Justin Verlander solo shot. You can give me that, sure. But outside of that, I don't know, man. That was, that was I think that was the only extra base hit he had. It was like he was either singling or just walking. And in those big moments, he was missing so many mediocre fastballs down the plate. He could never... It seemed like he could never get that big hit. It's like he'd, he'd rather walk sometimes. Could you imagine Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, taking a pitch in a big spot to just get on base as opposed to attacking and just getting the big hit? That's kind of what I felt like Judge was doing, the opposite of that. It felt like he was not getting that big hit. He would, he would, he would get the walk and, you know, and you, would, you would say, oh, how could you complain about it? Well, if he's this big superstar, where's the big damage hit, you know? That was one of the things that bothered me this series. But you know what? All in all, it was a good series for Judge. I just don't think he, he, he he's a superstar as, as you all make him out to be. Not yet. I think the potential's there. But I think he has to start getting those clutch time hits to, to, to become that. 
you know, star you guys want to make him out to be. Look at Jose Altuve. Guy's four foot four. Bigger star than Judge right now. He's the MVP for a reason. He's an MVP for a reason. He's a World Series winner for a reason. Because he got the big hit. I think that's 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 the next thing I want to see Judge do. Um, DJ LeMahieu, I mean, how could you be mad at what he did this postseason? He was exactly what he was in the regular season. You know, made contact, hit the ball the other way, played defense, did a great job at first base. Um... I think we're looking to extend. I got. I, I mean, I have to believe that the Yankees are. are uh, they're going to to be extending DJ LeMayu here because a two-year contract is not enough, and this guy's going to get a raise too. I think he'll be extended, and they need to do it. Gio Urshela, we saw him regress in the postseason without the juice ball, right? So maybe it's it's maybe next year he's not going to be that amazing, you know, uh, three thirty hitting bat. But I still I would give him another shot. I think he needs to start in 2020, just because of his defense alone. And you just have to have to see what his bat can do. Yeah, I'm still curious to see if he can keep that bat up. But I think I definitely think he deserves a spot on this roster to not only you know be there but to start at the hot corner, which is a defensive position, and he's got that defense for sure. Um. But it was nice to see him go out on top as well. You know, Urshela and the Mayhew, two big pieces in the regular season, had such great um, endings to their season in Game 6 with the homers. You know, uh, Urshela had two big clutch hits, and DJ obviously in that ninth inning. So it was nice to see them end their season on a high note, at least individually. Um, and then there were a lot of guys who did not end their season on a high note, right? Gary Sanchez, oh my god. But you know what? You know what? This is what you get with a home run or strikeout hitter. This is exactly what you get with a low batting average, low on base percentage, high strikeout, high home run hitter. That's what you get. You get a slump in the postseason. Those types of hitters, those all or nothing, boomer bust, HRK hitters, are prone to struggle in the postseason. They are. When you rely on the home run, and you don't do much outside of that, right? You don't walk, you don't single, double, or triple, obviously. You're not going to get on base and affect affect your team in a positive manner in the postseason. And that's why Gary was hitting a buck something the entire way. Um, He's got a lazy mentality at the plate. He can be lazy behind the plate. It got pretty messy there towards the end of the series, defensively even. You know, I know he improved this season overall, and he improved in the postseason to start. But he had some catcher's interferences. He had some pass balls in Game 6 that did not go well. He kind of looked lazy on both ends. Um, So him coming back next year as a starting catcher, you're going to look at three things. A few things. You're going to look at health. You're going to hope his approach changes at the plate. And you're going to hope he continues to improve def- uh, defensively. But he he's a giant question mark to me, man. I think people overrate the living shit out of Gary Sanchez. I do. You know? There was this one day I was very high on him. And that was in 2016 and 2017. Where he was an all-around Aaron Judge type hitter. But not anymore. He's completely one-dimensional up there now. And he can't even stay healthy 
can't even stay in shape enough to be healthy out there. So he's a question mark. And what a terrible postseason from him. So he, he's you know he's on the shit list of a lot of people, a lot of Yankees fans. So with Sean Carlos Stanton, Albatross contract. What a joke. This guy misses 150-something games in the regular season. Tells everybody he's coming back for the playoffs. Plays one game when he feels like it. Sits one game when he doesn't feel like it. He's a joke. And then there's this whole thing where, oh, the Yankees were 5-0 and when Stanton played in playoff games. If that's not the most skewed statistic, I don't know what is. Okay, the guy was 0 for 3 with 3 strikeouts in the final game he played this season. The Yankees won that game. He had nothing to do with it. He was either not helping his team, being completely useless, soft on the bench, or striking out and harming the team. We got this guy for 8 more years. 8 more years and we got to pay him near $30 million a season. He's another, you know, one one-dimensional hitter whose defense isn't even that good himself. And he can't stay healthy as well. So we got two Stan- two Sanchez's on the team pretty much. <laughs> and this guy's getting paid way way more. That's a question mark going forward. Boy, I would love to find a market for this bum. But I'm about done with him too. Those two players, I'm about done with. I'm sick of them. They harm this lineup. I'm sorry they do. You know, the reason the Yankees were so successful in the regular season this year weren't because of Sanchez and Stan. No. They were because of, you know, the next man up and the guys that put the ball in play. The Yankees were fourth in average. They were middle of the road in strikeouts, which is a positive. They were first in runners in scoring position in the regular season. This is all in the regular. That was a positive. But come the playoffs... You know, we saw them revert back to their home runner strikeout ways where Gary Sanchez impacted a lot of that, a lot. And so did Sam when he was in there. And Encarnacion even contributed to that downfall. This guy vanished as fuck. He vanished just like that. Bust of a signing. Of a trade. No thanks. Don't want him back next year. Nope. Another low batting average guy. I don't want that. The Yankees need more contact. They need way more contact than they have. I thought this year would have been enough. Clearly not. They need as much contact as they can get in that lineup. Because the Houston Astros are showing you why. Two years ago, they won the World Series. Leading in, leading in batting average. Leading in strikeout percentage. Boston did the same thing last year. This year, Houston. Doing it again. Looking like they're headed for a third straight World Series. Uh, I'm sorry, uh... Second World Series championship in three years. It's becoming a trend. High contact. High batting average. Those kind of teams win championships along with great pitching. It's becoming a trend. It's not just a coincidence. So when these analytical losers tell you that power trumps contact, laugh in their faces. Who else am I looking at here? D.D. Gregorius. Um, Yep, I'll let him walk too. Yep. He regressed. Only getting older. We have the depth. I know he's a lefty bat, but I'll let him walk, man. He was pathetic in the postseason, too. He had that one moment with the Grand Slam, and maybe he had a couple of hits after that game with the tw- against the Twins. 
But in this series, in the ALCS, he disappeared. Like I said, he half-assed it the first a couple of times. He half-assed it at the plate, swinging at these terrible first-pitch rally-killing strikes. And he just didn't look good. I'll let him walk. We can deal with that. We'll get to who who we can sign in the offseason. Or trade for in a second. But for sure, I would let D.D. walk. I'm tired of him. Done with him. Also done with Brett Gardner. You know, great regular season. 28 home runs. Some argued he had a career year. Sure. Postseason, take the juice balls away. He goes right back to who Brett Gardner was all along. A terrible postseason hitter who hits under 200 every single postseason. His playoff failures don't get enough recognition. He's terrible out there every year. It seems like he's a terrible postseason hitter. These guys want to put him in Monument Park? Are you kidding me? No. Brett Gardner is not a Yankee legend. I'm sorry. Brett Gardner had a nice Yankees career. That's as far as it goes. Bye-bye, Brett. You can walk. Luke Voigt, I keep him around just because he's a high on base guy. That's popping the bat that goes the other way, too. Glaber Torres. This guy carried the team. I'm sorry. He's a young kid. He's 22 years old and he has bigger balls than half this roster. He's an untouchable for me. That's one of my two untouchables. I've got it down to two untouchables now. I used to have a few of them, but now I only have two. Torres is one. Does need to fix some things, because as we saw, his defense gets a little lazy out there, and that's unacceptable in the playoffs. Got to fix that focus level. Um, Who else? Tanaka. Love you, Tanaka. You're a true postseason ace. Um, Severino, let's get your shit together, right? Next year for Severino, that's going to be his year. That's going to be the year where he will need to prove himself. He will need to show it. You want everybody to call you an ace? Call you the superstar? Well, you know what? Let's go. Get your ass moving already and show us. Let's give us some goddamn consistency. None of this four-inning outing shit either. I want you to go out there and put up a Cy Young season but do better in the postseason. Let's go. Severino. You can go on and on with this list, man. But those are just some things I wrote down. Uh, you know. But yeah, the Yankees get eliminated because you know they don't have enough offense, they don't have enough pitching length. Um, and this whole analytics thing, I, I thought what A-Rod said in the postgame was spot on. He said it in the pregame too about their lineups. The Yankees change their lineups, their batting order, so friggin' often. But to the point where it's harming the team. Back when A-Rob played, he, he knew he was hitting you know right in the middle of that order every single day, right? He was hitting right there. I remember the lineup. You know, I used to memorize the lineup. When I was when I was a kid and saw the Yankee lineups, it was the same thing every day. I memorized it. Jeter, Cano, A-Rod, Teixeira. It was the same exact thing every day single day but 2019 oh analytics play a role you have to do this he mixes up this he separates these guys from this guy it's ridiculous these guys have no rhythm sometimes because of that I I think that played a role I also think the bullpen usage played a role right Yankees spent the entire month of September worrying about giving their bullpen some rest when their bullpen ends, ends up as one of the reasons the Yankees are going home 
bullpen usage is ridiculous. They have this freaking thing where they, they, I looked it up and they use their bullpen more than they use their starters this postseason. It's a joke, dude. It's a joke. How far is it? They're, they're killing starting pitching. Outside of Tanaka, they don't have anybody else who can go six, seven innings. Paxton, I'll give Paxton credit. He showed up in his last outing. But, you know, it's it's not consistent. It's ridiculous, this whole bullpen usage. This whole opener thing. Imagine being, being a multi-billion dollar franchise and, and not having enough on your... <laughs> and not spending enough to put a, a legit starting pitcher out there. It's a joke, you know. The freaking multi-million dollar Yankees have to use a collection of relief pitchers instead of a starter it's it's amazing uh analytics are a joke i'm sorry i i can't do it they may work for for the 162 but you know what that's a large sample size the playoffs is not a large sample size it's not it's doesn't it doesn't work that way folks you know this whole this whole math thing baseball isn't math baseball is a game where you got to use your gut got to use your gut right boone Sorry, man. I don't mean to keep picking on Boone, but the guy's too soft out there. He's too calm. He coddles his players, right? Not one time did I see him fire up his team in October. Sure, he had that savage ramp, but I'm sorry. Regular season doesn't mean shit to me anymore. There were so many moments where the Yankees needed some kind of spark. He didn't do anything. He didn't go out and yell at the umps because the umps made some terrible calls out there this postseason. Boone didn't say shit. He's the opposite of Girardi. A champion, by the way. Champion in his first couple of years. Boone's 0-2. And Girardi's fired for being human. Not a robot. Not a puppet. Boone was hired for being exactly the opposite. So it's kind of a joke the direction we're headed in. You know? Boone hasn't gotten where Girardi did yet. Boone's the opposite of Girardi. They, they hired and fired them both for the, op- for the exact reasons. The exact opposites. We're literally going in such a different direction, and it's concerning me. Just the whole analytical thing, you know, the whole power over contact. That's a joke, too. We just talked about it, but it's all a joke, man. These analytics thing. I can't stand it. It's getting so annoying. It's a headache. It's a headache. It's a goddamn headache. I don't know who it is. Is, this two, is, it, is it this group of tunnel nerds? Aaron Boone. Brian Cashman, is it you, too? Because you've got one World Series in your tenure here. I'm sorry. G. Michael built those teams in 98, 99, 2000. He built that dynasty. That was all G. Michael. Okay. What did Cashman do? Well, most recently, most recently he went out and got DJ LeMayhew, you know, and James Paxton in the offseason, along with, you know, a few other guys. I'll give him credit for LeMayhew and Paxton, right? They did good. But Adovino was a zero. He blew up in the playoffs. And the guys that he should have signed but didn't, Brantley, Corbin, Cole in recent years, JV in recent years, Cranky this year, all those guys are headed to the World Series, folks. Cashman didn't budge on either of them. One, two, three, four, five guys right there going to the World Series. Cashman didn't touch either. Which is why I don't like grading off seasons until that following season ends. You know, people like to grade the GM's offseason right after the offseason ends. No, no, no. You can't get a true testament of anything until the actual season ends. Sorry, Cashman. I don't think you did well enough in that offseason. 
I'll give you credit for the DJ signing. That was amazing, right? Got to extend that guy. Paxton, he was all right. He showed up in the playoffs when it mattered in the end. In the end. But Adovino was a zero. Jay Happ, Sabathia. Are you freaking kidding me? Those two are jokes. Two reasons why we're going home right now as well. And then not signing the big guns. We're in the World Series right now. So I'm sorry. Didn't think you did a great job. You deserve some blame. Time to get, you know, time to get some 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 blame here. Stop cheaping out. Get off your ass. And let's make a move this offseason because we're going to get that in just a second. But, you know, people like to call Cashman this god. And, you know, they were laughing at Dombrowski when he got fired. Hey, at least Dombrowski won them a championship in his tenure. Next to going on zero World Series championships for for this decade and just one in the last 19 years. So, we've been mediocre for a contender. But yeah, Cash needs to get off his ass. And you know what? Let's start doing some shit here, Cash. Let's start doing some shit, please. Yankees need, the Yankees need some more, uh, more high-contact, high-batting average guys in this lineup. That's one thing. They need as many as they can get. Get all the DJs you can get in this lineup. They also need a legit ace. You know, a game changer. They need to give that rotation a makeover. They do. I'm sick of this band-aid shit year by year. It does not work. How many times am I going to have to say it? It does not work. It never has. No more band-aids. No more of that. Let's give this rotation a legit makeover. And become a true contender that way. None of this Garcia is going to be our big acquisition. Jordan Montgomery is going to be our big acquisition. We're going to get a full year out of Seve. Paxson's the Cy Young candidate. None of those bullshit narratives are going to work anymore. You got to go out there and you have to actually show it to me. It's time to have some stability over hope, right? That's this whole thing. It's it's Yankees rely on hope versus certainty, right? The Yankees are hope. Other, other squads like the Astros, certainty. The Astros have JV, Cole, and Dranky. They just have to hope they they just have to you know they just have to pitch. But we have to hope that that our pitchers do well. It's like oh, is he going to be good or is he going to be bad? Even for the lineup, are they going to strike out or are they going to be hitting con- you know hitting the ball to all fields and making contact? But it feels like the Houston Astros don't have that hope. You don't need to rely on that hope because they're more of a sure thing. They have assurance, the real thing. They have certainty. They know this guy's going to pitch well. At the very least, Verlander will give you a four-run, seven-inning outing, right? At the very worst, Altuve will go one for four. <laughs> but the Yankees, on the other hand, no. Lower ceiling, uh, lower floor for them. Time to get some stability, Cashman. Right? And there, there's a lot of options out there this offseason. So you know what? After this past offseason, he didn't do well. If you don't do it again, if you don't do some... Do some things to help this team here once again this offseason. You know what? I'm going to start turning on you like the rest are. J.D. Martinez is out there. High batting average. Moderate strikeout rate. He's cheap. 32-year-old D.H. Frank Lindor. You can get him in a trade, maybe. On a contract year. High batting average guy. Low strikeout guy. Switch hitter. Might have to give up some top prospects. Two or three of them, including Miggy. Clint, maybe. I'd do it. Anthony Rendon, free agent. I'll be getting paid. Another high batting average, low strikeout guy. Yankees need more of them, man. I'm telling you. 
And then on the pitching side of things, Garrett Cole, you need him, need to strike. I'm telling you, don't. Was that was that what's that old saying? Never make the same mistake twice. There it is. Got to get Garrett Cole this time. He's 29 years old. He's peaking. Okay, you pass that on once. Don't do it again. He's an ace. He would significantly make your make your own rotation better. Not only that though, he would take them. He would taking him away from Houston is a plus in itself. But you have to hope he doesn't go to Southern California, which is, you know, the rumors are saying he wants to go to L.A. or something. We have to try and get him. At least take him off the Astros. But you know what? If the Yankees want to be true contenders themselves, they got to get him. Speaking of trades, though, for Lindor, Kluwer's on the Indians. Maybe you can trade for him. He's more of an established veteran ace. You know, trade some prospects plus. There are some people out there to help this team, man. The options are there. It's just going to be up to whether the GM actually wants to put money and prospects aside for winning. It's going to be up to Cashman. It's right there in front of them. They can actually develop themselves into a true World Series threat. That's the frustrating part about it. That the Yankees can be this World Series contender. It's just that they don't. it feels like they don't want to. Just rather because they'd rather save money, maybe, or just hug prospects. Can we get over that, please? Can we start doing the thing that actually helps this team win now? I don't care about some 17-year-old high school kid, you know, Dominguez, whatever the hell, you, the hell his name is. What are the odds Jason Dominguez is going to be half as good as Frankie Lindor is? Come on. Let's get real. You want to win a championship and stop hugging prospects. Stop complaining about championship. Uh, stop complaining about losing in the playoffs if you're the same person who's hugging prospects over here and wants to cash them to hug all these kids and save all this money. Or Hal, whoever it is, stop complaining then if you're the same person who's doing all that. You can't have both. You're either a win now team or you're a rebuilding club. And this is the New York friggin' goddamn Yanks. Let's go out there and be a win now team for once next season. Win a freaking World Series, man. I'm sick of going home early. I'm sick of having to deal with this shit every year. I'm 24 years old. I've never been a Yankees fan as big as I am right now. I would love to see a World Series, man. This is one I will remember. But now it's going on you know, 10 straight years, but we're 0-3 in this decade of you know this new developing core we have. Let's get it going. No one, nobody should be off the should be off the table here, other than my two untouchables. Glaber is one of them, and Aaron Judge is my second. Everybody else, you freaking better, you better have Sanchez on the table for a trade. You better, I would say, stand. But nobody wants that contract, man. <laughs> you better have everybody on the table, though. I'm telling you, I don't care. I don't give a shit about prospects. I don't give a shit about money. You're the Yankees. You can spend. You can afford to give away these kids. Let's go be a win-now World Series team for once. I'm just sick of these early exits, man. I'm sick of it. Every freaking year. Stop calling him Cash God if this guy is passing up on opportunities to improve his team significantly and not doing it. Hope versus certainty, folks. Hope versus certainty. But yeah, that's it. That's the Yankees this season. What else can I say, right? I, I think I said it all. 
I really did. I think I said it all. Um, you know, we can shift to the Knicks right now. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be we're talking about the Knicks from here on out, folks. Like I said, I'll sprinkle in some Yankees here and there during the offseason, but for the majority of the time, we're going to be talking Knicks. And honestly, honestly, I'm excited. <laughs> just because I know my just because I know I can't be let down, right? Because we know what the Knicks are going to be. We know the Knicks aren't going to be a great basketball team, a good basketball team. We know they're going to be pretty bad. But I'm just excited for the Knicks, man, just because of the fact that they finally seem like they have an identity here, right? Over the years, we really didn't know if they were this win-now team or if they were trying to develop younger players. But now it seems like we have a direction here where we're going to be rebuilding and developing these young kids. Yeah, they passed on Durant. Well, they didn't pass. They failed on Durant, Irving, and all that. It was a joke. But, you know, they did the correct bam, uh, plan B here. You know, signing vets to expiring contracts. And, you know, stocking up on draft picks. Better hope one of R.J. Barrett or Kevin Knox pans out, though. At least one of those guys have to become an all-star. That's a, that's a sure thing. If you want to make the Knicks an attractive spot again... Either Barrett or Knox have to end up being the star that the Knicks say they are. That's one thing. Um, I do think Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, I think those two are, are also players who will have very good futures. But as for Barrett and Knox, those are two very raw prospects right now that we don't know. But I think one of them have to develop into an all-star if, if the Knicks want to have a shot at acquiring free agents eventually. Um... But yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm I'm gonna be fully invested in this team, man. I'm gonna put my energy, all my energy, my blood, sweat, and tears into this next team over the course of the 82 game season, and um, we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, I'm excited. I just want the Knicks to play better this year, right? Last year, listen, I, I'm not a tanking guy. I never was big on tanking. I think it's toxic to the team. I think it's toxic for the club, you know, for the for the locker room. It's it's not a good thing to to, to tank. Sorry. 17 wins. That was that's one of the most disgusting seasons you could ever put up. I don't care who's on your roster. To have a 17 win season, that's just absolutely pathetic and disgusting. It makes me sick. So let's not do that again, please. Let's not try to tank because in the end 17 wins got you it didn't get you Zion Williams or John Morant. It didn't get you either of them, which was the hope. It was the hope, but it, it got you neither. So, let's, let's go out there this season, um, and let's try to double that number, right? That's my goal. That's my goal. Double that number. Can you win somewhere between 30 to 35 wins? That would be a successful you know, a successful step in the right direction for me. If the Knicks won out there and they doubled their win total to 30-something 30, you know, wins, that would be a great step in, in the right direction. So, you're going to have to hope these guys continue to improve. Um, I don't want to see anything less than that. I'm telling you. Show me that you're going to improve. Show me you're actually rebuilding. Play together as a unit. Give me effort out there defensively. That was one of the main reasons the Knicks uh, were tanking last year because they didn't put in any effort defensively. Show, show me some competitiveness. Go out there and compete, man. Give me heart. Hustle. Marcus Morris, 
You talk a big talk, but let's walk a big walk. I want to see it. You said you're going to protect the garden? Do that for me, man. I would love that. Now, I'm not talking playoffs. Not even talking AC. Nothing like that. I just want to see 30, 35 wins. Can we do that? Can we make the Knicks cool again? Right, Durant? The Knicks are uncool right now. And hey, I gotta, I gotta say, I don't disagree. Knicks aren't a cool place to play right now. They aren't. But until they start winning, they are. Until they start winning, they aren't. But once they do, if they do, if the Knicks can, if the Knicks can develop a winning culture, sometime between now and the next three, four years, hopefully earlier, if the Knicks can do that, then maybe we have something. All right. So that'll be it for this podcast, guys. So I'll be doing I'll be doing this throughout the throughout the regular season for the NBA for the Knicks. Um, just like I did for the Yankees, I did the Yankees every series. I would have a podcast episode out at the end of every series. Um, so for the Knicks, I'm gonna have an episode out every two games. All right. So they play the Spurs on Wednesday. And then they play again on Friday against the Nets. So after that, so on Friday night, I will have a new episode out of BD4. Every two games. Every two games. And on the blog, I will continue to recap every single game. So it's recaps every night, podcasts every two games. That'll be that. Yanks lose. Yanks fail. Knicks are coming up. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, hopefully an exciting Relatively, but exciting basketball season here for the New York Knicks. And an exciting offseason for the New York Yankees, maybe. But I'm just, I'm so out of it right now. The Yankees have just killed me. I'm trying to get out of this little funk. It's a joke. But that's what you get, you know? You want to operate on low budget, you're going to get low budget results. That's how it works. Fuck the Yankees. (laughs) Alright guys, ciao.